This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to be talking about that subject that, you know, I can pretty much guarantee when we mention the word, people go, eh, eh, and that's sales. But seriously, folks, we cannot be in business if we aren't salespeople. And you know that's why we're here. We're entrepreneurs. We're small business owners. We have to be salespeople, no matter how much we think bad words about it. And so to help us through this process to make it easier, please join me in welcoming today's guest, Mark Jamnick. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm so looking forward to talking about that icky word. I know. <laughs> and it is mentioned. so funny because you say sales and people are like, yeah, ah. and, and then when we see somebody who's good at it, we're like, whoa. <laughs> but before we really get started, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Mark Jamnick is the founder of Systemized Sales, a sales process company that helps sales professionals follow a proven home story success sales success program to help them double sales. After a decade in media sales, working in corporate America with Fortune 500 companies, Mark set his sights on becoming a sales coach. In 2012, he became one of only 100 active Tony Robbins coaches in the world. Since he began coaching, he has directly mentored and motivated over 300 CEOs, managers, and sales professionals from all over the globe. His simplifier title says it all. He simplifies company sales processes so sales teams can implement the most efficient sales effort for maximum return. Mark has spoken at TEDx conferences. He hosted the Home Story podcast on Money Radio and appeared on Entrepreneur on Fire. So again, Mark, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so looking forward to talking about this. Um, after, you know, we'll obviously get into a lot of my history as it relates to sales and uh, really kind of walk you through the ups and the downs as right. sales has. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to really giving a lot of the listeners here uh, tips and strategies and, and simplified steps that they could apply um, as soon as they're listening and they could, they could apply it later on today or tomorrow or whenever they may be listening to this. Wonderful. Well, let's do a little bit of that history because, you know, when we're all growing up, we're thinking, ooh, I want to be a fill in the blank. And I don't think anybody ever says, I want to be a salesman. <laughs> you know, unless maybe they had a, a parent or somebody who was, was very good at that. So how is it that you decided that being a salesperson and, and more importantly, training people to be great salespeople was your passion in life? Oh, well, that's a, that's a process that's, that's taken a long time. And it, it's funny because I just kind of accidentally happened upon it. And I'll go back to a time when I was in seventh grade. I saw one of my um, fellow uh, classmates. Mm -hmm. He started selling Jolly Rancher candies in between mm -hmm. classes. And I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, you're selling a lot of those candies. He All said, right. yeah, there's, I have more demand than I have actually inventory. So I said, 
there's an opportunity here. So I started selling Jolly Rancher candies and that's where my sales career began. And ever since then, I've considered myself a salesperson slash entrepreneur and um, you know, went from basically the, the teachers thought I was a little too disruptive. So they shut down my candy business. Oh. So then I, I w took over my brother's paper route. And um, from there, uh, a, a local a friend of mine just from down the street asked me if I wanted to, uh, to start up a lawn care business with them. So door to door, we mm -hmm. went and knocked on doors and asked, you know, would you like to get your grass cut? And that started uh, the entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. And um, that's also where I started learning about the power of systems because when I was a, a senior in college, I was still cutting grass. So I was coming home, cutting some grass and then going back up to school. It was, it was about an hour and a half drive, but I needed to take care of my lawns. And I said, wait a second, I really need to systemize this and figure out a way to uh, allow myself to hire someone. So I ended up hiring someone to, to cut the grass for me while I was away at school. And I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm making money. I'm at school. I could get used to this. <laughs> you subcontracted. I love yeah, it. I did. Yeah. And then I graduated college and I said, you know what? I, I went to school for marketing and ended up in an advertising sales career mm -hmm. uh, after doing my internship. And I said, I really want to focus on my sales career. And from there, from 2000 on, uh, I really have have embraced the the media selling world marketing space and really worked through selling cable advertising and then I went over to broadcast and did some work at uh, an agency and so there's there's a lot of different things and uh, along the way as you mentioned in in the introduction here um, after doing it for a decade I said man I really want to give back mm -hmm. and um, Along the same lines, I'll also kind of share with you a little bit more of a vulnerable story when we get further down in the podcast here about just what I, what I really, really did when I was kind of jumping over into sales. I really, quite frankly, didn't want to be in sales. So that's why I was like, hey, I'm just going to coach someone. And I thought I was look, actually looking more like a hero. Um, but in reality, I was actually just scared and I didn't want to be in sales anymore. And I was afraid at, that I was going to be, you know, found out that I wasn't good at sales and, and so on and so forth. So I made this whole elaborate thing. I started up a company and, went and did all these other things. And, uh, you know, over the last six to seven years, I've really clawed my way back from not wanting to be in sales. So that's why I could totally relate to those of you that don't like sales, that don't want to be in sales. I was there with you and mm -hmm. I've clawed my way back to really embrace who I really am and, and what I can really do and, and, and helping me to get that perspective on someone that doesn't think that there's a salesperson. I'm here to tell you that there's things that you can do to help bring you back and help you see that you are a good salesperson. You might not necessarily believe it right now, there's things, though, that, that we'll talk about later on that, that will help you do that. So um, that's really kind of the, the precipice for why I'm so passionate about, you know, showing and, and, and giving these types of tools and strategies because I was there and I didn't like that feeling. And I know what that feeling is like when you're looking at your, your numbers and you're thinking, I need to be at this number and I'm not there and I don't want to go out there and sell and I don't want to bring myself to doing that. So I had to be my first client. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I'm able to then share that with others and, and help others do do and pull themselves up from from some of those feelings that they dislike sales so much. Right. You know, and we all seem to have these negative stereotypes of 
a, a salesperson, you know, whether it's the, you know, for those of us that are a little older, the snake oil salesman, or, you know, really a used car salesman, you know, it, oh, I was talking about that one time in a presentation and, and this person raised their hand in their front row and said, I sell used cars. I went, oh, sorry. <laughs> but, but we do, we think of that person who's in your face, who, you know, they've got an answer to every single question, even if it's not right. They're just going to give you an answer. Um, but they're, you know, they're out there, they're banging on doors, they're, hi, how are you? You know, and, and we are thinking, Ugh, you know, I, I don't want to do that. And many of us had bad experiences. Um, you know, it's funny, you mentioned, you know, when in seventh grade that you kind of started selling candy. I was, you know, the Girl Scout, so selling cookies and, and things like that. And I did really well. I got to go on trips because I made so much money, you know, and all that. And so that was pretty cool. And then, you know, we weren't young and cute anymore and irresistible. I mean, I think that's the, you know, we all buy from the kids coming to our door because you feel really bad if you don't. Um, but I, one of my jobs out of college, not too far out of college, was hotel sales. And, and I say that with a dun-dun-dun. You know, <laughs> not only did I, I just didn't like it, it was a horrible hotel. And I wouldn't stay there. I mean, you know, that's, that is, of course, one of the absolute keys is you have to be passionate about what you're selling. And so I hated it. I mean, I, and I was supposed to be doing group sales and, you know, going door to door and going to companies and saying, hey, come here for sale. You know, we had meeting rooms and things. And, and so I was trying to convince them to come for meeting rooms. And then, of course, by, by hotel rooms. Well, I hated it. I mean, it, it, was, it was one of the most miserable year-ish times of my life. And so that has carried forward, um, you know, that I just think, ugh, sales. And, and you know, it, it takes a lot to even get myself out of that mindset. And it was so funny because when I asked my guests, you know, to, to prepare for the program, I always ask for talking points. And your very first one was how to stop winging it in sales. And I busted out laughing because I thought, oh, God. <laughs> You know, it's the, 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 the prey, you know, the prey type, you know, if they build it, if, if, if I build it, they will come, you know, I've, uh, you know, and, and so for those of us, which, you know, okay, listeners, raise your hands, um, that, that hate selling or, or not hate it, just go ugh, at it, walk us through it. You know, how is it that we can turn this into something that, we do enjoy, and more importantly, because let's get real about this, make money. You know, that's, yep. if, if we're not doing True. sales and doing it correctly, our businesses are going kaput. Yep, 100%. Yeah, and <clears throat> you touched on something really important that I want to start off with, which I believe is really the foundation of this whole thing. And that was when you were talking about the hotel sales, you didn't like it, mm -hmm. right? You didn't, and not even, you didn't like the, the sales aspect of it. You didn't like the, the like what I was selling that you right. were selling mm -hmm. and and that is absolutely hyper 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 critical I can't express that enough and I am a huge huge fan of Zig Ziglar mm -hmm. and Zig Ziglar um, you shared this once and I and I've it stuck with me ever since I heard it and it's about the word enthusiasm the last four letters of enthusiasm are I a s m for I am sold myself and until you are enthusiastic, you're going to hear us talking about things. And there's going to be times in this, in this podcast where I'm going to get super excited about things because I have personally gone through and done these things. So I know the power of what this can really do. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it's a transfer. Sales is a transference of emotion. Right. Right. And the more you have an opportunity to truly believe that, 
when I first started in my business, I, yes, I believed I could do it. At the same time, I didn't have that like true, true understanding until I finally, you know, worked myself up to realize that I actually did believe in myself and I did believe in what I was offering and all of those types of things. That is where I finally became my first client. Mm -hmm. And that is the first step of this is you becoming your first client and whatever that might be, you know, if it might be you going through the process or you may have already gone through and developed some of the things that you have, have created for your business. And therefore you have now been your first client and mm -hmm. therefore then you could be your own testimonial. So I, I look at really kind of rephrasing selling in terms of just, allowing people to to understand that benefit that you have received, you've personally received from going through your own product mm -hmm. or service in a way that, that can really help benefit them. So you, now all of a sudden, you truly, and I mean this in all, in all um, seriousness, that you truly want the best for that person. And they may not want it for themselves at that point. And that's okay. And not making it about you. It's about them saying, no, I'm not interested now. Right. That has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. All that you could do is you could put that out there. You can make the calls. You could do what you could do. But if someone, you know, as, as a, as a um, there's different, a lot of different trainings that I had gone through as I was uh, coaching for Tony Robbins. And one of the things that Tony says a lot is you must participate in your own rescue. Mm -hmm. And if that person that you're trying to sell to does not want to participate in their own rescue, that has nothing to do with you. So right. I think we have to, you know, dissect and pull apart the things of, of the no from the no, you're no good mm -hmm. or no, you're bad at this or right. no, I don't like your product or no, I don't like you. When you can start to disassociate from that, that's where you start to make the impact because now all of a sudden it really does become a numbers game. And I feel so few people actually understand the numbers that they're following when it comes to sales. They have no idea the number. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm making a general statement. So I'm not saying that everyone here doesn't know their numbers. Mm -hmm. At the same time, when you start looking at your numbers, that's where you could start to feel like, wow, okay, I made this many contacts. This is how many people I was able to talk to or communicate with or engage in. Here's how many meetings I had and here's how many sales. And mm -hmm. I'm that's overly simplistic, yet that's really the types of numbers that you could begin to track to help you see where progress is being made. Right. You know, and, and it is kind of a, a tightrope because we want to be passionate. We want to love what we're doing. But then when we're told no or not now, we can't really take it personally. Now, you know, maybe it is, okay, do I need to refine what I'm doing? You know, did I ask wrong? Was my approach incorrect? All those various things. But, you know, it's not stabbing you in the heart. Um, I remember kind of an, an analogy to this years ago when I was in college. Um, I wrote a paper for English, you know, or whatever it was. And before the professor handed it back, I mean, you could tell that every person in there, I mean, they, he had used up multiple red pens. Oh, boy. Yep. And, you know, and, and he told us, he said, they're words. They're just words. They're not your babies. Mm. And, you know, he, he still wanted us to be passionate about the writing, but to remember that, he, you know, it, it, it really was just a word, you know, and, and so it is, it's kind of that tightrope to not get so carried away that we take it as a personal affront when somebody says, gee, I don't, you know, I'm, I really don't want to buy your product or service. 
to, you know, okay, you want to buy this today? Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And, and, and also to kind of just build on that, the, the idea there is, as you're looking at how you do your follow-ups and how you do your calls, if you're doing them consistently, and this is why I'm so, I'm so, I like to talk about process so much, mm-hmm. is when you're winging it, you're changing this and you're changing that and you're changing this other thing based off of a situation or how you feel in the moment. Mm-hmm. When you have stopped winging it, you start looking at, I am going to say this for the next 10 calls. I'm going to say this for the next 100 conversations that I have mm-hmm. or whatever the number is. And you might decide that, okay, hey, instead of me saying this after the 10th call, you change it and say, I might, you might hear something in those first 10 conversations where mm-hmm. you might change it and say, I'm going to right. say it this way now. Where you getting the same question over and over again, things like yes, that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I go back to, and, and I know I'm kind of dating myself a little bit with as far as the reference I'm going to make, but Michael Jordan, the amount of free throw shots that that guy made, mm-hmm. yet that's what he kept on practicing. Mm-hmm. And so as you're looking to become more and more proficient at this, know that the more proficient you become at it, the, the more you're able to uh, to get better at it and that it becomes a lot more enjoyable because you know the steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And so as you do some of those steps and as you, as you do get those no's and you do need to make the tweaks and the changes, if you're constantly making changes from one call to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, without really ever testing it and vetting it and seeing, wow, I made 10 calls and no one responded to that message that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I should really change that, change that up. And it's an ongoing process, but it's at least this, okay, I know when I make this initial contact, this is what I'm going to say. And Mm -hmm. if that works, I'm going to do that every single time. And I'm going to stick to using it every single time instead of, you know, there's a discipline that comes along with it. Instead of, well, hey, I'm going to just try this other thing um, just because I want to mix it up. Business and sales can get super boring after a long period of time because Mm -hmm. you're doing it the same way over and over and over again. Here's the thing, though. Do you want a boring business that's profitable or do you want a uh, kind of a, <laughs> an interesting business that's constantly changing that is un, unprofitable? Mm-hmm. You know? right. And I'm kind of overly generalizing there, yet that's, that's really a, a general statement there of, of really being able to, to put down and track and see what's working well, like what are you doing? And I always go back to saying, what is working? Mm-hmm. And let's start with you know, that first contact, that first email, what are, what are some of the best practices that you could begin to get that first meeting? And then from that first meeting, what do you need to do to get to the second meeting and the second meeting to, to get to the third meeting? When you start to break it down and just look at it from an outline perspective, I mean, think about it from the, you know, the Roman numerals, right? Where, when, you're, when you're looking at an outline, there's the Roman numeral number one, mm-hmm. right? And that subhead. And then there's the, the, the subhead below that of point A and point B and point C. If you start looking at sales in those terms and it starts to get a little um, precise in, in terms of the steps that you need to take, yet that's ultimately when you could go through your sales journey like that and start to say, hey, you know what? I got Roman numeral number one down. Mm-hmm. I know that's working. I know I'm getting great appointments and my, my closing ratios there are fantastic. Now let me figure out how do I improve my meetings? Right. And, and that's ultimately one of the things that I was um, just recently was working with a client on is, you know, they were getting a ton of appointments, but some of those appointments were not necessarily the most qualified. So I said, mm-hmm. well, how can we qualify quicker, sooner and mm-hmm. get them out? 
so that you're not spending the time on getting them to the second or third meeting when they say, I don't have the money, Mm -hmm. right? So what are those things that we could do on the front end to make sure that your time is saved on the back end? Because what we want to really do is understand in Roman numeral number three, you know, in the third meetings, let's just say, how can you make sure that that is someone who can afford what you have to offer and they're ultimately qualified through all those steps? And so the close happens a whole lot more organically, a whole lot more naturally and with a lot less stress and they're, they're engaging with you because they see that you know exactly what they're talking about. So, mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I love that you have this as a process because I think the problem really is exactly what we were saying. We wing it. You know, we, we never say the same thing twice. We, you know, and, and obviously you have to adapt a bit. I mean, this isn't, we're going to read from a script every single time, but (laughs) you know, it, it's, you know, if you have kind of the generalities down and, you know, some, some things like that, it helps. And then it it also struck me that it, uh, you, you know, it is about the numbers, but the thing that people have to remember is it's about the right numbers. Correct. Um, You know, hotel sales. I was actually paid based on several things, but one of the initial things was simply the number of sales calls I made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, and, and now I had to keep a log, you know, and all of these various things. And, you know, so once I figured out, I hate this, but I'm going to get paid no matter what, I would go to people that I really knew had no plan to, to ever use a hotel, let alone our hotel. And so it was like, okay, well, you know, if I'm getting paid to go talk to these people, I'm going to go talk to these people. So that was a horrible waste of time for them and for me. Um, yep. you know, and, and so you're right. It's about qualifying all of this, taking those right steps. And as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, I think sometimes that's the hardest thing is to say, you know, I've got this great product or service, but it's not right for you. So let's not waste our time. I mean, you know, hopefully we don't really have those actual conversations with somebody because that's kind of rude. But, you know, to kind of go through those and and not be spending our time talking to somebody who is never, ever, or at least not right now, going to use our product or our service. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I mean, I I talk so much about qualifying questions and disqualifying questions. Mm -hmm. And how can you do that as soon as possible in those initial meetings? Mm-hmm. Because the more you're able to understand what they really need and you can identify it, one, you're going to offer them a much better solution based off of what you can do. And as we are beginning, and this isn't beginning, I think we're continuing this, this process of niching down, mm-hmm. right? There are so many specialties on certain things. I remember reading a, a book by Gary Vaynerchuk years ago uh, called Crush It. And he said, mm-hmm. if you're, I remember reading it because it was so absurd, yet at the same time, it also made sense. Right. He said, if you're a Garfield fan, write about Garfield and you're mm-hmm. going to get, you're going to attract people that like Garfield. Right. And it's, it's such a niche, yet at the same time, that's ultimately where we're all headed. Mm-hmm. So the more you can figure out that one industry or that one company or that one vertical or whatever you want to classify it for you, you become that and you now start to differentiate yourself from so many other people in that same realm because you're now not just the you know cartoon fan now you're the Garfield fan and I'm just using that as a, as a right. general example right but that's that's really where we're at at this point mm-hmm. of how can you get so specific so you 
the more conversations you have with them, the more you deeply understand them and the more they're going to feel deeply heard because right now in the age that we are living in, I can't, I don't even know what the number of ads that we see on a daily basis. A gazillion. That's probably a fairly accurate number. (laughs) Um, All statistics are made up. You know, what is it? 90% of all statistics are made up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so anyhow, if you're not crystal clear on really your specific industry and what you can do to serve them and knowing that you understand a pain point that they might be dealing with. Again, sales is a very, very large issue, Mm -hmm. right? For so many different people. Yet, sales process is something that not a lot of people, again, and this could be my own hallucination, but we're talking about sales as this this training piece. These These are steps, actual steps that you could begin to design and define and, and continue to improve upon. Mm-hmm. And the more you're able to, to understand what the pains of your customer are, the more you're going to be able to really speak to exactly what they're going through so that you could sound, um, you, could, you could actually appear as an, and show them that you actually do understand where they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially for a small business owner, that's hard because we're thinking we must sell as much as we can to as many people as we can. And so we do the spray and pray type of, mm-hmm. of approach as opposed to the shotgun approach. And, you know, and that is the big mistake because, again, we're wasting time, we're wasting resources. And so I love that you say find an industry and, and focus on it, um, mm-hmm. you know, an industry, a niche, you know, whatever it is because – you know, and, and then learn everything you can about that as it pertains to your product. Um, you know, it's, it seems simple, but it's very difficult. So talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, and I think it's one of the most challenging things to do. It's the, it is a very, it's a, it's a quote-unquote simple step, yet mm-hmm. it's also one of the most difficult because when you choose this, you're not choosing that. Right. And, and there's this whole fear of missing out mm-hmm. that we all, that we all can, can suffer from. And so as I have looked at, at me personally and, and just my background and my history and the types of, of um, clients that I've worked with and people that I've, you know, to almost use the word attract because of the, the clarification of what I can speak to. I really understand marketing and media. I've spent so much time in that space. I've spent mm-hmm. over a decade and a half now in that space. And therefore, I really, I've, I've made those cold calls years ago and I, I continue to make cold calls. Um, actually, I'm one that, that does enjoy making cold calls, which is kind of an interesting situation. In you were dropped on your head. <laughs> and, and so anyhow, as, as I got clear on that audience for me to be able to help serve, I could then speak to the, the challenges that they were faced. And I remember about six years ago, there was, a, there was an agency owner that came to me and, and he was talking about how he needed to put together some, some steps and some processes. And I had created this, this modulized program, which is now kind of involved into the, the Home Story sales, sales Success Program. And ultimately, it was just helping him to walk through those processes. And I was working with his reps on that as well. So it's just, it's putting those steps in place and, and really being able to say, I was in your shoes and I was the first client to go through and do this. And because I did this, I can now, you know, really relate it back to, to what you're going through. And so, you know, again, as you're going out there and you're doing and you're, you're reaching out to, to the prospects, 
the getting clear on what your what your audience is or what your client base has already really begun to see great value from from you. Mm-hmm. So if you were to take a look at this, this isn't saying you've got to cut off every single thing that you've ever done. This is this is you reflecting back and saying, if I were to to write and list out all of the different companies that I've worked with, what are the industries? What are the verticals? What are the the types of companies um, that really perform well within my existing company? Mm-hmm. And you could see, wow, I've actually done X number of dollars in this particular industry. Let me see if there's more opportunity for me to go out there and find. And right. what, what starts to happen is there's this reticular activating center part of your brain where, and, and this is an example that everyone will kind of relate to. If you're looking to buy a new car, you start finding and seeing that car everywhere you right. go. Yeah. It's like, whoa, there it is again. There it is again. I had no idea there were this many on the road. That's the reticular activating center part of your brain that's, that's activating and helping you to find that. And when you do that, after selecting an industry or vertical that has performed well within your existing company, because this is already building on success that you've already accomplished, mm-hmm. um, you start finding those cards that have been stacked, that haven't been touched in years. You could go through them, and of those 50 cards or 100 cards or 200 cards that are sitting there, you'll maybe find 10 leads in there because it's like, wait a second, this is actually the industry. This is actually the person that I could speak to. Right. And so you, you then now have actually started to get into action of taking the steps to work on finding more of those, those opportunities. And they're already there. They're already in front of you. I mean, we've, we've done so much work in the, to, to prepare for where we are today that it's just a matter of really eliminating and deleting things so that you could focus on the most important things. And so, mm-hmm. again, I, I, one of the, the best strategies to start is to look at and do a little bit of an analysis and assessment. This doesn't have to be, you have to pull up so many different reports that it's going to take you a week to do. Take a look at the overall client base of who you're working with and see, is there a pattern in there and what pattern is showing up? Because if you start looking for a pattern, you're going to find a pattern. And then you could start looking for other opportunities that, that exist similar to that so you could serve more people. Right. You know, and it might be a specific industry. Maybe it's nonprofits. Maybe it's financial services. Or maybe it's a level of people. I mean, clearly you work with salespeople. I want to work with C-level people. Yep. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it is about finding that. And, you know, it, it, other people will come. I mean, you know, you're not going to tell me, I'm sorry, no, I'm not going to sell to you. But when you're not targeting them, it's okay. You know, they're just kind of there. And, and you know, and, and that's, you know, that's the person who saw the Facebook ad or, or whatever. But when you focus, I love this. One of the things that, that you talk about is the fact that you end up hearing the same challenges over and over again you know, from that industry, from that level, you know, whatever it is. And then you can refine or develop something that matches that, you know, and and so talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah. And that is another piece as you start getting further down when you're making these contacts and you start speaking to them in their own, what I call listen, Mm -hmm. um, you've heard them and you're speaking to them in a way that they speak. Right. Right. So it's, it's like you're speaking the same language. And when I, you know, again, as I was, as I was reaching out and, and looking to, to do a podcast, you know, I reached out to you and, and, you know, wanted to share with you some of the things. And one of the elements, right. That, that I speak about is 
how to stop winging it in sales. And, and that was one of the things that, that really stood out to you. Mm-hmm. And so many people I've heard, you know, yeah, I'm just kind of winging it. You know, I'm just kind of winging it. So therefore, I took that because I kept hearing it over and over and over and over and over again. And I then started to put that into the materials that I'm now, you know, reaching out to individuals to, to go on a podcast right. in, in a particular example, right? And so it therefore cuts through everything else because it's like, yeah, so many people say that they just wing it. Mm-hmm. And you hear it from a lot of your, your, your clients, I'm sure, and, and even just a lot of your listeners. Mm-hmm. So the more you can keep listening, the more you could start to incorporate that into your speak. And when you're speaking to them in the way that they're already communicating, you're going to get appointments faster. You're going to get meetings that you wouldn't have normally got because you're not talking about you. And this is, this is a, a piece that I think we always want to talk about what we could do, right? Like what are the amazing thing that our products or service can offer? Right. And when you start talking about what it's going to mean to them, what, what it's going to mean to you Think about what it would mean to you if you no longer had to wing it in sales. Mm-hmm. And you yep. knew that all that you needed to do, just like when you were talking about the hotel, you just needed to make a certain number of calls. Mm-hmm. If all that you needed to do was make a certain number of calls, knowing that you're going to get this many appointments, and then this many appointments are going to lead to this, and, and you knew the road, the complete road ahead, and you knew every single step along the way, you start to get this this clarification and this confidence in yourself because it's like okay that person said no it's i'm i'm on to the next and, and i'm going to i'm going to offer this service on to them and they're going to hear me the person that really is going to benefit from my service is going to hear me as i communicate it to them in the ways that they're already communicating it to themselves mm-hmm. And we can't emphasize that enough, that it's in the way they're talking to themselves. You know, you're using those words, winging it, because that's what they're saying in their head. You're not making it fancy. You're not putting on the sales speak. Um, and, And sometimes it's a negative talk. I mean, you know, I have people who tell me, I feel too stupid to use LinkedIn. Or, you know, I'm not smart. Now, you know, you, you do kind of have to put a little twist on that. But, you know, I, you know, I, people say LinkedIn, I do a lot of training for LinkedIn and people will say it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So I need to say how to make it or how to not be wasting your time, you know, or, yes. or something because those are those yeah. exact words that they're saying in their head. Now, if I went, you know, went at them and, and said, here's how you can benefit from using LinkedIn is a probably, they're like, Bzzz. they tuned yep. you out the second it didn't match what yep. they, their internal speak was. Yep. Yep. Five, what it would sound like five from three years ago is the top five things to improve your LinkedIn. Right. Right. That's what it would, that's what it would have sounded like. And now we're at a place of, you know, uh, yes, stop wasting your time on LinkedIn mm-hmm. you know, or, or spend, you know, however you need to say it, right. Obviously that's, that's going to connect to, to your audience. And, and that's just it. And, and you start to find those phrases that stand out. And one of the components that I talk so much about in, in the home story sales, sales success program is messaging. And, um, there's a concept that I talk about called playlists and playlists are those consistent phrases. You can go and listen to something that I did three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this daily dashboard with quarterly goals, monthly themes, weekly focus and daily action. Mm-hmm. I said that three years ago, well, actually probably four years ago. And people kept on saying, wow, I really like that. So I kept on using it. 
because right. people liked it. And so if you even go to my, my website now, there's certain parts in there where I'll talk about quarterly goals, monthly themes, weekly focus, daily action. Mm -hmm. And I use that as an example to say, I haven't gotten tired of saying it that way because I know people resonate with it saying that way. Think about your favorite band. Think about how many times that band right. has I was sung just thinking of, of an actor mm -hmm. that right. you absolutely love, mm -hmm. or an actor, right? Yeah, and so all of those things, the, the experts constantly repeat the same thing over and over and over again. And so I encourage everyone to become that sales expert by doing things the same way. And, you know, again, there's going to be a lot of processes that, that they'll work through and it's, it will be refined and improved and refined and improved. And at the same time, though, all along the way, those steps are being more and more polished. And that time to appointment, time to close, all gets compressed because now you're doing something consistently the same way right? And they're hearing it the same way and, and you're able to, to know the road ahead. So it's like, okay, yeah, here's the next step. This is what we're going to do. And uh, they already know, okay, well, yeah, clearly you've been through this before. You know exactly what I need and right. you know exactly what the next steps are. So I'm in. Mm -hmm. And it, it, there's that level of confidence that starts to come with it that that's, I believe, the biggest thing that I really needed to do for myself over the years was for me to understand those steps that could help give me the confidence so I can make these certain number of calls and know, okay, this is how many appointments I'm going to get. And then from there, then it's, okay, this is how many meetings I need to get in order to get the second meeting. And then this mm -hmm. is how many second meetings I need to get to the third meeting or so on and so forth. And it was bite by bite, step by step. I just kept building on the, the building blocks of, of what was working until the, the point of where I actually got the confidence in myself again after losing it 10 years ago in, in 2008. And so if those of you are out there that are, are struggling with that confidence piece, this will help to build that confidence up in a way that you could do it on a daily basis, make a certain number of contacts. I mean, and it could be simply, it's, it could be small. It could be less than 10 minutes of your time. Then you could open it up to 20 minutes or 30 minutes. But the idea there is to take simple steps today that are going to get you closer and closer to where you want to be tomorrow and the next day and next year and so on and so forth. Let's talk a little bit more about your, shall we call, crisis of faith. Um, mm -hmm. Because you know, we listen to you and we think, oh my gosh, Mark is just, you know, he's been doing this since seventh grade and he's wonderful and, and you know, and, and I can never be like that. So tell us, you know, because you have learned painfully how to, to kind of get through some of this. Yes, yes, absolutely. So as I mentioned, um, and at the time in 2008, it was really hard for me to hear that I was, I was you know, I was at 50% of sales. Now the year before I was 105, 110% of my budget. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I had always been right around that 100%, 105% mark, right? So I've, I had a lot of different awards to show that. And then all of a sudden in 2008, the economy took a dive and we where I, I had two of my largest clients pull out mm -hmm. and it made up about half a million dollars in billing. Wow. And that's really hard to fill up, especially mm -hmm. in a down economy. Mm -hmm. And the managers, which I know were just trying to write the ship at the time, I didn't necessarily see it that way. I was like, guys, don't you realize this? And at the same time, I know that they had enough pressure on themselves. 
But all of those meetings, I kept on getting bashed over the head like, you're terrible. So, not that they were saying those words. That's how I was interpreting mm-hmm. it. And, and you so over the oh, your quarterly goals. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, what happened to this? And I'm like, well, they didn't even, they're not even doing television anymore. They're only doing right. radio. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it had nothing to do with me. And I mean, the buyer even told it, if you want to talk to the buyer, go for it. You know, I mean, all these different things. And it was like, I was constant, I was on trial as far as I, as far as I felt. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I've since like, I've forgiven all of them. I mean, I've, I've, I've worked through that process of like kind of understanding that, hey, they were just trying to write the ship. There's no ill will towards right. me as a, as a person. And so along the way, I, I, I started to create this dialogue that I don't want to do anything as it relates to sales. Like, mm-hmm. get me out of this. I just want to, you know, I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. I just want to coach. And so what I started doing is I started coaching and, and, I'll go back to um, Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill said, uh, the, from Think and Grow Rich, he said, the best way for you to help yourself is to help others. Mm-hmm. So that was unconsciously the direction that I took. I didn't want to be in sales. I didn't want to sell. If I could help, though, other people sell, I could help myself along the way. Mm-hmm. So for the last six years, I was coaching salespeople all over the globe from Australia to, to London to, you know, anywhere in the States, to Canada, uh, to Mexico, to Brazil. And it was just, it was one of those things that I'm like, I finally got to the point where I'm like, wait a second, why don't I actually start going out there and selling? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I said, you know what? I actually was, after doing some things with, uh, within my business, it was like, hey, let me go back and let me go actually get a job because I was, I was struggling with my business, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And I it was praying about it. And I was like, you know, if God, if I'm supposed to go back and get a job, you know, let, let me know. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I ended up getting a job and I kind of worked through this process myself. And now I've had an opportunity to do some outside, outside consulting for this particular company. And I'm now doing this again for those in a different way after have, having gone through a lot of these processes of helping others first, mm-hmm. and that helped give me the, the information to, to understand myself. And then now I'm actually, you know, wanting to pay it forward again, um, you know, in, the, in those next stages. So, um, you know, I think for those that are, that are listening in, okay, so yes, all right, they're not going to maybe, they're not maybe drawn to coaching and, and wanting to help people that, and they don't have maybe have the sales experience. So what could they start to do? So one of the things that I, I really love doing and, and give it as an exercise is we've got to understand where, what we're actually saying to ourselves about this and what okay. we really are meaning. And in the tangible world, like when we're looking at things like products, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Apple fan. I love, I love a lot of their products. When you go to the Apple store, you could see it, feel it, touch it, right? Mm-hmm. When we're talking about sales, so much of it is abstract. It's words, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to say this and then I'm going to say this and I don't know, I'm going to, have, I'm going to send them this presentation. And they may or may not respond. And, and they may or may not respond. Yeah. So all of it is very, very, very abstract. Mm-hmm. And so I'll come back to kind of talking a little bit more about ar- architecting that and writing it out into a dialogue. And I was using Roman numeral one, A, B, C, D, but mm-hmm. I'll come back to that in just a moment. One strategy that I've given a lot of people is for them to tangibly see what they're saying to themselves. So I encourage people to set a timer, say 10 minutes and say, what do I think about sales? I hate sales. I don't like sales. I'm not a salesperson. I think you salesperson is, is terrible. I, you know, I'm the, I'm the worst at sales, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you just list out a litany of what you think and what you say to yourself mm-hmm. and get it all down on paper. So you could finally see 
what is actually preventing you from selling. Right. Because all those things are actually preventing you from selling. Mm-hmm. Because then, you're coming across with those already in your mind. Yes, exactly. And it's this alignment tool. People will align with you when, when you're aligned. And when you're not aligned with, yes, this is, I, I, I want to sell, I want to offer you this, but I don't want to sell it to you. No way would I want to sell this to you. So you don't want to sell. Like if you don't want to sell, you're not going to sell, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's just kind of, I know that that's almost so simplistic. You're saying to yourself, you don't want to sell. So therefore what's showing up in the world is you not selling. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage those after you get done with that exercise, take another 10 minutes you know, maybe go for a walk or whatever and, and take another 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it's going to take and write up a new story. How could you rewrite what you're saying to yourself about sales? I did this kind of in the first person of me trying to go about all these different steps. And what I did with it, the way that I started working through that myself was through activity, making calls, doing the follow-ups, making the steps and, and doing those. And at the same time, for, for those that might not have that the the numbers that they can that they can call it's taking the time to write it out and rewrite it and then reread it every day and take a look at that and maybe record it instead of you maybe listening to some of uh, a favorite a favorite song of yours um take the five minutes and listen to you recording that in your in your iphone or whatever whatever phone you may be but Mm -hmm listening to it on a daily basis will help you start to see and it's not going to happen overnight it's going to take time the thing about it though is it's I speak so much about consistency mm-hmm. that you need to be consistent with whatever you're going to do to help start to sell yourself back on the fact that you have a product and the, the world needs what you offer, you know? Right. And when you believe that the world will begin to as well, and you'll begin to really up your sales. And that's really the, the biggest thing that I, when you believe in what you're offering and it's going to really truly benefit the world, that, is what I'm here to help a lot of others. And, and uh, if, it's, if, if it's even through this podcast alone, if it's one thing that I've said, that's, that's really why I would love, uh, that's why I love all of the pains and things that I've gone through to be able to help share that particular piece. That's why I'm, I'm glad to, and grateful to have the opportunity to, to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it is that passion because We've all worked with, been talked to by, you know, however we want to phrase it, the person who is selling us something that they really don't care about. You know, it, we, we can tell within five, ten words, all they care about is the paycheck. Yep. You know, and, and, and sometimes we go ahead and buy it, you know, because, you know, we're, we're listening to them for some reason, you know, and, and so it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and buy it from you, but would I buy it again? Would I tell my friends about it? You know, all those various things. So, you know, and, and yes, there are people who clearly have to have the paychecks, you know, and, and so they're, they're going to do what they need to do to get those paychecks. And that's, that's fine. But we're talking to the people who they are the entrepreneur, they are the small business owner, you know, or maybe you are a salesperson in, in a larger organization. If you don't have that passion, people aren't going to buy from you. Um, you know, and, 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 and again, you know, you, would you use it yourself? Uh, we were in a restaurant a couple of weeks ago and, and said something about, you know, to the, the server, how's, you know, the steak, whatever. I don't know. I'm a vegan. Uh, okay. <laughs> now, granted, she was being honest, but, you know, and, and it was like, oh, you know, and, and so then, it, but it immediately made us rethink ordering what that item was. 
Yep. Um, you know, now she couldn't lie. I mean, we're not saying, you know, oh, you know, I just love it. I think it's absolutely fantastic, best thing on the, the menu. But, you know, she could have done something like it's one of our most popular items. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some other things like that. So, it, it, as you said, it comes back to that self-speak. And what are you saying to people? And how are you saying it? Um, you know, that's one of our most popular items is yeah. not the, the right way to go about it. Right, right, right. And, and I'm glad you brought that up as well. So much of what I talk to in the marketing and the media space is the fact that these are longer sales cycles. Right. Right. So, they could be anywhere from you know, three months to six mm-hmm. months a year. Right. Depending on what so, it is, it can take a long time. Yes. Yeah, so you're not necessarily closing them on that deal. Mm-hmm. You're closing them on the next step. Mm-hmm. Now, in the case of the the waitress, right? She has a sale in front of her on a steak or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's different strategies. I mean, again, some of the things as far as what I'm talking about process-wise is definitely geared a lot more towards a longer sales cycle as far mm-hmm. as finding step one, two, three, four. The, the trick though is any single sale is happening though in those stages. It's just a matter of, is it compressed or is it extended? Mm-hmm. And you know what I tend to talk a lot more about it are the extended sales that take mm-hmm. a longer period of time for you to stay in touch, keep them engaged and, and allow them to, to come around whenever they're ready. There's people that I, I, I was just got off the phone with someone right before this. Um, I've been talking to for a, a couple months now. And there's been a couple things where he's like, yeah, I'm still interested. Let, let's just reschedule this. Um, so I just got to set up another meeting. And it's been two months. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, though, I have my process of where he is in the funnel. So that way, I'm going to touch base with him because I know he's interested. It's just a matter of timing. Right. And you could try and force someone to buy when they're not ready. And yes, you could be you su- can succeed at it. Right. At the same time, though, there's there's times where it might need to take a little bit. Of, there might be need some some lamenting time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's it's a matter of understanding that you're going to get back to them and you're going to engage that with them. And you're, you know, again, a big thing that I, that I like it to, to, to share with them are things that they're saying or the things that I'm hearing from others like them and sending them emails through a CRM tool like mm-hmm. HubSpot mm-hmm. that allows them the opportunity to get those emails without me having to send the emails. HubSpot is able to just easily send those emails right. out on an ongoing basis it's because I've architected the next steps and I know that, Hey, if I send out a couple of these emails, eventually he's going to want to re-engage and get connected. Mm So, so again, we're talking about some expression or some, some extension with a longer lead cycle and then compression. So still understanding what are those things that you're saying? How are you saying? And um, you know, again, believing in what you're, uh, what what you're offering Mm -hmm. and um, you know, for, for those that are, you know, for, for steak lovers, right. To go back to this, to this waitress, right. It's like, well, I mean, I, I'm a vegan, right. At the same time, I, I know that I've heard so many people, there's, there's other, you know, there's my other coworkers love the steak and it's one of Mm our most popular items. I mean, that's the same thing of you being able to, to really isolate and and help that customer. If you, Mm -hmm. if you love steak, this is probably the best steak in the state. You know, yeah. and, and saying it like that or how, whatever, again, whatever is true. We're not saying to, to lie. Right. Matter of being yeah, able if they're going to gonna get shoe leather, eh, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, what are you what are you looking for tonight? You know, mm-hmm. and it's almost like the questions are, are you know as you're as you're going back and forth on this. It's it's really understanding and giving them giving what, them what the customer uh, wants because if you're going to um, a steakhouse and you're you're asking for the fish or something else. It's you're, you're that's not necessarily what you're looking for mm-hmm. in, in that particular right. experience. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my gosh, you know, we, we don't have very much time left. And, and so, and, and I was just thinking of some things that, you know, need to lead to another program. Um, so we'll have you on again, but you know, briefly, you know, and you've talked about this several times. And so this is why I think we need to have you back on again, because it is something that is, is much longer than the, the time we've got left. Talk about the steps, because I think, you know, we, it goes back to, we can't, we can't be winging our sales process, you know, and, and, and when we have steps, when we have a process down, it makes it easier. So talk to us a little bit about that. Great. Yes. So I look at it and it's, it's very simply, and I, I got this from um, going through um, uh, a number of these, I love marketing meetings years and years and years ago. And one of the things that they did was they simplified it down to before, during, and after. So before your sale, during the sale and after the sale. So okay. if you could start to break down your sales step. Now they were using it in terms of marketing. I'm using it in terms of, of sales. And so what I look at is what are the channels? How am I getting the leads? Mm-hmm. Right? Am I doing that through LinkedIn? And I actually am doing a LinkedIn campaign right now. Mm-hmm. What's the communication point from there? And then what happens after that? And so I'll, I'll just share a, a quick little little story of what, what I'm doing just with, with LinkedIn. I mean, I, again, I know that you specialize in this. So, so again, I, Ooh, I, I can't wait to hear it. Back. Yeah. So one of the things is I'm, I'm reaching out, I'm connecting with certain people. And as I go out there and connect with them, I have a, a certain um, message. And there's a number of different messages. I've created about four different messages. And um, we'll basically send them a message saying, hey, you know what? I'd love to connect with you. I think we have a lot of similar things in common. Then when they connect, hey, it's great connecting with you. Mm-hmm. If I have a, a phone number, I'll actually call them. Mm. And I'll tell them, I'd like to take this online conversation offline. And I wanted to get to know you. Instead of just trying to type, I'd like to talk. Great. Um, if I don't have a phone number, and actually. And put you the, just absolutely terrified probably most of our listeners. I know. I know. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll say the other opportunity as well. Because again, this is a guy, this is coming from a guy who likes cold calling. So <laughs> I totally understand that. So for those of you that, that don't have the phone number, I actually have an email of saying, here's some, here's some value that I have found is really helpful for businesses. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave them a message saying, I'm going to send you an email with um, an assessment tool that really is helpful in helping to find out uh, the personality so that when you're talking with some of your customers, if you're struggling with a, a client or a prospect, here are three different assessments that you could take to help you kind of assess, self-assess the other person that you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Hope you find it valuable. And there's a number of other emails that follow that, including a book called Scrum which is about how you do the twi- twi- doing twice the work. Uh, the subhead is doing twice the work in half the time. Hmm. And it's just, it's these valuable resources for mm-hmm. me saying, I, you're completely, I've never met you before. Right. I want to start to share with you value that I think is valuable to you. That and I found you're valuable. not selling to me, I, folks. No. That's the key. No. And so, but all of this is done. And when they engage, I mean, I, I did just have someone literally right before as well, as I was looking at my email, someone said, thanks. 
mm-hmm. from an email that I sent through LinkedIn. Now, mm-hmm. there's a lot of steps in that, but that's all kind of before, and I haven't even had a meeting with them yet. But those are the steps that I'm taking, and there you can see all the little, little subsets, subsets to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's what it all takes in order for me to get an appointment. So then I, then you get, so this is now we're in the during phase, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's from getting that appointment to, to being on the appointment and it's understanding the question, the questions that you need to ask. So mm-hmm. asking yourself the, what are the qualifying questions? What are the disqualifying questions? Do they not have enough budget for what you're looking to sell? Mm-hmm. Um, are they this particular level? Are they, a, you know, a salesperson or are they a manager or what, you know, whatever, you know, as you were talking about, you, you work with C-suite, right? If they're not a C-suite, guess what? That's not the person in, and they would have already been vetted out by that right. time. But mm-hmm. I'm using that as an example. So what are the questions you can ask? Mm-hmm. And what do you want to accomplish as a result of that? So for me, it's a matter of I'm going to send you a proposal of things that we, after I learn more about you, I'm going to send you over some things that I think could really benefit you. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll share with the, the listeners a gift at the end of this um, that so I'm going to kind of leave a little bit of a, a cliffhanger here, Ooh. but um, I'll send them over a proposal of things of like, Hey, here's some things that you can instantly apply that you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, again, here's, here's the next step. What I'd like to do is I'd like to meet and go over this a little bit more with you um, and go through that, those steps. So helping them to kind of understand the, the step-by-step process. And then once they sign, once they, you know, go through the other meetings, however many that is, whether it's two to five to 10, and then finally, when they become a, a client, what are you doing to make sure that they're welcomed and that there's a follow-up? I, I mean, I mail out a, um, a, uh, a polo because uh, I, I like golf. So mm-hmm. actually, I have a, a phrase that I use. It's called Enjoy Life Daily. And it's, it's, it, my, my phrase is the Enjoy Life Daily. Mm-hmm. And I'll send that polo out, uh, welcoming them to, um, to coaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's all of those little steps that take along and, and I'm hitting the high, high notes here, right. mm-hmm. but it's identifying what are those steps for you in, in your own sales process. Mm-hmm. You could start to break down step by step. And this is, this is a process that's taken me years. It will continue to be refined. Um, and at the same time, all of those things are, are uh, the, what I end up working with a lot of the clients on is to help them take these steps and these processes and put them into play so that they could start instantly applying them and start using them. So they start getting enough people in their LinkedIn piece or their, their whatever, um, so that they're getting the, the right types of uh, prospects that come down to um, their ideal audience. Right. You know, and for a lot of people, they probably just went, oh my gosh, that's a lot of time. Well, do you want to do this or not? I mean, do you want your business to be successful or not? But the the key is when you have it down to a system and a process, it goes faster. (laughs) And and you're not having to stop and think, well, did I remember to email Bob back? And and where did I leave things with Sally? You've Mm -hmm. got it down to the process. And so it does simplify things. Um, You know, again, as as Mark said, tweak it, you know, as, as you need to here and there. But by having it to the process, it's like a recipe. I mean, you know, you kind of add salt and sugar a little bit different every once in a while, but you have the basic steps down. A hundred percent. And I could tell you right now, I have 675 contacts that I'm managing mm-hmm. right now. And I could tell you exactly how many are in my opportunities, how many are my sales qualified leads and, and tell you exactly that. So, you know, there's 22 people in my opportunity piece. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I know that right now and I know exactly which stage they're in right. and when I might need to contact them again, when I need to follow back up with them. So what it allows me to do is I'm able to be free of, oh my gosh, yeah, like you just said about Bob. When did, oh, when did I email Bob? No, mm-hmm. it's, it's all right here. Right. And I know when I need to, or I, I, if I have limited time, I'm going to make sure that I try and f- push the opportunities forward. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to me trying to say, oh, my gosh, uh, I need to make more calls. Mm-hmm. I need to make more contacts. I need to make more LinkedIn's. I need to make send more emails at the top of the funnel. So it really comes down to understanding the top of the funnel, middle and bottom of mm-hmm. the funnel and, and where they all fall. So that way you can you could really, truly um, know where to most profitably spend your time. And feel as though at the end of the day, you've accomplished something. So often again, and this could be a whole other conversation here, but you know, I, I talked to so many, the agency owner that, that I was referencing a little earlier, um, he said, Mark, he's like, I leave the day and I don't know what the heck I did. I worked all day, mm-hmm. but I don't know what I did. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I know I'm working. It's just... At what? And so that's where we kind of, that's where we came up with the, dash, the dashboard to help him, you know, focus in on the, the main things for his business. So again, it's all of those types of things that, that you will consistently hear the more you stay and stick with a particular market and you'll be able to serve them at a much, much higher level because you're really able to, you understand what they're going through and you can really help them. Right. And then, oh, and I'm going to use my sound effect and then you get... <laughs> I love it when I get to play with my sound effects. Awesome. Wow. Fantastic. Yay. Love it. Love it. The ka-ching button. Gotta love that. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, Mark, we are at the top of the hour. So tell people how they find you and connect with you online because you got me excited about sales. I don't think of it as a bad word and hopefully the listeners are there too. So how do they find you and connect with you online? Yeah, I'm, that makes me happy. So um, thank you for that. Uh, thanks for again having me on the show. You can find me at markjamnick.com and I'll spell that out for everyone. And um, it's M-A-R-K-J-A-M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, I-K.com. And I was alluding to a gift that I wanted to share with your, with your listeners. And that is, um, you could find that at markjamnick.com slash podcast gift, G-I-F-T. And ultimately what that is going to do, there's, there's 10 questions there and it's going to give you clarity on where you are and where you might be struggling in particular as it relates to your business. Um, when you go through that and when you take the time to go through that, and it may take you 20 minutes or so to go through that, um, what I am offering as a gift is when I receive that, I will actually go through and as it relates specifically to your business, I'm going to send a response back and it's about a page, page and a half of of insights of things that you can apply and do um, based off of things that I've seen, the things that I teach and, you know, can, can then go from there. So I'd love to offer that up. And uh, again, this is something you could clearly hear. I love talking about it. I love sharing it. And I love helping those that really truly have a product or service that they really want to offer up to the world that, that's going to benefit the world, um, really help them sell it more. Um, and that's really why I'd, I'd love to do that. So once again, it's Mark Jamnick, M-A-R-K-J-A-M-N-I-K.com. And uh, I'll, I'll look forward to uh, receiving any of those. Again, that, that will take you some time. So it's, you're going to put some time in. I will also put some time in. And uh, again, it's, it's, a, it's a great gift that uh, you know, I'd love to be able to share with you. 
Wonderful. I love it. I love it. Well, as I mentioned, Mark, I think we need to talk about this some more because we want people to stop going Ugh, when they hear the word sales and think, wow, I want my business to be successful. What steps do I need to do to do that? So until then, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fabulous time talking with Mark Jamnick of Systemite Sales. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.